And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Oh, it is time for the Weighing In Podcast. We've got all kinds of fights to talk about. There's so much coming up. We've got the UFC, the PFL, Bellator, all kinds of things for us to discuss and to argue about because that's what we like to do. I like to tell Josh he's wrong because he is, and then he tries to tell me no. Let's go, baby. Let's go. People What's that happening? watch this show understand that. I'm never wrong, John. Oh, geez. I am never that's wrong. That's why I have to open it up that way. I just want to clarify. <laughs> just want to clarify. clarify. I got, I got a, I, Miss McCarthy was reading the comments along with me, and that's why we bond so well, the two of us, her and I. And uh, that's what makes this show go around. And people don't understand it's me and Miss McCarthy that make the show go around. Podcast Dave is like the sidekick. But uh, it's great. So we just, we ha- we're having a blast. But I was reading the comments, John. People were upset at the fact that I said last weekend's show, the UFC show, wasn't that good. Here's the thing, guys. No, the show we, was good, and I, the I show, said that. In fact, yes. my wife did tell me. She goes, people are saying that you said. I said, I said the show was good. I said, yeah. the problem is it was too long yes. based upon the production. And that's really not the UFC's fault because they have to fill a window. Yes. It should be that the production, as far as, is always kind of tight and that the... ESPN's the one putting it out. They fill in that extra time yeah. if it if it ends short. That's all. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's not like even so much when the fights end short. It's just when fights fall off. And like you said, they lost three fights. I think it was three fights they lost, and they they have an obligated time on TV. They need to fill unless yep. unless they're gonna cut the show. If you guys already noticed, the show normally would start at four o'clock. The show didn't start till four thirty Pacific. Specific, yeah, Pacific, yes, Pacific. <laughs> well. There are different time zones. There are, yes, yeah. I I only care about the one I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's so then they had to fill a lot of that time frame with a lot desk, a lot of desk time, and and a lot of other stuff. Yeah, and then when the fights finished early, there's even more desk time you have to finish. You have to fill in with Josh. You will figure out that we we honestly, you know, and it's funny because I have friends at the UFC and they call me all the time. And these are these are high. These are high up people within the thing. And they always say, hey, man, thanks for yeah. saying what you said about, you know, our show. And thanks to this and that. But our fans, I could say 95% yes. great things about the UFC. If I say 5% or one thing that I'm saying, I don't like the way they do that. Oh, you're a UFC hater. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. No. yeah, just the way it is. John, I agree with you, and this is, same thing happens to me. I've got friends at work and high up people that work at the UFC. Yes, and they'll just send a text. Hey, I heard what you said about so and so. Thank you so you much, know, and thank you so much. It was very yeah. nice. And then, oh yeah, and then we talk about the tragic stuff, you know, that ha- has happened sometimes in the UFC. And they're like, man, it's, and they'll reach out to me and go, hey, thank you guys for bringing that up. It means a lot to them. You know, we were talking about it or whatever. And it was, there could be whatever it is. Yep. But they have reached out and said plenty of things that we've done about you know promoting not just promoting them but talking about their promotion and talking about their fighters and yeah. we talked to we we officially when we initially started this podcast there was we got a lot of hate talk less about bellator talk less about one and pfl you guys we're not going to do that we're going to continue to talk about all four platforms those are the four biggest platforms we've even thrown in a couple times in cage wars we've and we will lfa here and there depending on the high level of competition was it aca now or is it acb aca now 
ACA now, yeah. So um, and we do know, boxing. We got we got Usyk against yeah. Joshua coming up on yep. the twentieth, August twentieth, I believe. But guess I, what? I want to. We're gonna talk about. Well, it. Yeah, we are. We are. <laughs> um, but I want to go back. You guys, this had it's so funny. Everyone's like, "Oh man, you guys would be so. You guys would just be bragging about the, the about Bellator having all finishes that we've had cards. With we've all had finishes. all finishes, fourteen. Yes, and so, but but here's the thing. This fight, this this when I was talking about it, there was we weren't even talking about Bellator. It's not even a conversation. Bellator has nothing to do with the fact that we thought the broadcast went on too long, which took away from how exciting the fights were. And actually, I, 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 I here's the thing. I can see why people got on me because I want people to get on me because I, I John knows that I kind of thrive off of that type of stuff. But I understood because in the beginning I said it, the fights were kind of boring when in fact they weren't boring. And then John yeah. f- corrected me and goes, look, the production was too long. I said, you know what? Now that you said that, you're so right. Because I didn't I didn't put the two and two together just yet. I was like, wow, why is this thing taking so long? I mean, yeah. like, let me give you an example. I had to go back and watch the Terrence McKinney fight. Because there was so much time in between. I went downstairs, made coffee, made breakfast, came back up, and I totally skipped. Uh, the fight was already gone, but I, I mean, I had able, was able to sit down and eat, make my coffee, come back, and I only missed one fight. One fight. That was a good 40 minutes. I only missed one fight, and it was You're a quick fight. Watch your show? No, no, I did. I had to went back and watch it because that's what <laughs> professionals do. You know, unlike people that don't talk to like they're supposed to. Oh, you guys. Go ahead and roast uh, Podcast Dave. Mr. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Now he's trying to negotiate one day a week. <laughs> oh, man. I'm oh, just waiting on it's a, He's like, oh, you know, when I get back from Maui and my vacation, I'm going to go every day. and uh, Hit it hard. Yeah, no, he's not going to. Oh, all right. Well, we had some technical difficulties we had to get fixed. Uh, my mic was crackling. Big John and Podcast Dave said you never sounded so good in your life. But we had to make those changes and fix it up. But there was something I wanted to bring up. We talked about noodling last the other day. Apparently, the girl, her name is Hannah Barron. Everyone let me know in the comments. Just, she's pretty popular, man. She's got a couple. Oh, She's almost like a, a little over a million followers on social Ooh. media. But yeah, she's uh. Everyone's like, "Oh my God, Josh crushing on Hannah Barron doesn't even know it." I had no idea who she was. I just saw some videos on YouTube. I was in a YouTube rabbit hole kind of thing, and uh, yeah, man, just hey, I got to tip my hat, dude. She's a bra- she's brave. She can't be more. There's pictures and videos of her, but as of right now, when I the last one I saw, she can't be more than like a buck fifteen. But she's got she goes she's got some pictures where she's pretty muscular as well from lifting all those yeah. catfish. But absolute animal, man. I got to tip my hat to you, young lady. Just a stud. What a stud. Sticking your hands in holes. You don't even know where it goes. And getting, possibly getting stuck with you know with anything. Oh, man. Just a, a stud. Absolute Stick your animal. hand in a hole with a snapping turtle. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's scary, right? Scary. You lose that hand. Maybe that arm. <laughs> but... But, uh, yeah, people were just bragging on me, man, just ragging on me, just saying, oh, doesn't even know who she is. What the hell? But it looks Josh, like fun, John. You're not alone. <laughs> I said, it's so funny. It's so people were like, man, John doesn't even know because they were telling me when I, I was telling about this. Person, like, oh, my God, you don't know who she is. I was like, no, I've never heard of her. But I have now. So I hit a little follow on that social media and just say, like, what's up? So, uh, you know, just give her a little love. Um, that's pretty awesome, though. I mean, you're you got some. You uh, got some big balls to be doing that, sticking your hands down there. That's gross. I mean, just the mud and then the catfish, all that stuff. 
Well, John, we're going to jump right into Bellator, but we're also going to talk PFL is in the UK. So they're going to be on Saturday morning. Bellator is Friday night, UK Saturday for PFL. And then the UFC is, I believe, Saturday evening or Saturday like a, night. Yeah, Saturday night. So we got a lot to talk about. Let's jump right into these fights and uh, we'll hit this off. I don't think we're going to hit all the cards. Uh, no, I'm sure all the no, fights for all these cards. We'll hit all we the cards, not all the fights. Yes, there you go. Well, let's it. talk about the main event first from the Bellator. You got. Yochi Yamauchi versus Naaman Gracie. Naaman, obviously, fantastic on the ground. Just look at the last name. Phenomenal on the ground. He has gotten a lot better on the stand-up, but I think he got a little too confident in his stand-up when he fought Logan Storley. And he had had some big fights, and he had he had a nice finish and knockout over Leminger with the big, with the, uh, big elbows and nice combinations on the feet. But then that led to a little bit of overconfidence, thinking he could stand a lot and he couldn't get takedowns against Logan Storley. But in this fight, he doesn't have to really worry about that a whole lot. The stand-up is sure really good with Yamauchi, but on the ground, these two should be a fantastic fight. Yamauchi, I think he's got the record for the most submissions in Bellator. He's yep. tied, or he's got the—I think he's got the record. No, he—he—he's—he has—he's number one at nine submissions in Bellator. God, Naaman Gracie is tied for second with AJ McKee at seven. But if you take a look at Goichi, Goichi's got 21 submission victories in his career. Jesus, man. He's That's so, pretty impressive. What he's really good at when he fought my teammate out of Piccolotti is that he was good at getting to the back from the standing position or in any type of scramble. He takes that back so well when he gets there. It's pretty much, it's pretty much over. I've seen him on the back of several people. He had a hard time with Dan Moret um, when he was got to Dan Moret's back. He wasn't able to get the finish there. But he was, uh, but he had struggled a couple times to get that fight to the ground as well. He's got John. We say this all the time about him. His stand up, right, is one of those things. It doesn't look good. Very Machida like. Yeah, he makes people shoot. People end up shooting based off of the way <laughs> he stands. Time. You're like, like oh, he's not going to get me down. But then they're the ones that end up shooting, and then he ends up taking their back from that position. So right. this should make for a really interesting fight in terms of who's the better grappler. We'll both be willing to go to the ground. Will Naaman try to keep this on the feet? Will Gyochi Omiuchi try to keep this on the feet? Will he be shooting for the takedowns? Should be a fun fight. First off, Yamauchi's not going to shoot for the takedown. It's not who he is. Yeah, he does. But he, but he will accept someone trying to take him down. He'll accept even Gracie going for the takedown and even being in the top position, which is not the smartest thing if you're asking me when you have someone that's as good as Naaman is on the ground. You're just not going to find that submission. And, you know, it's got to be early because he's got to be dry. If as soon as he starts to get wet, you got to figure this is five rounds. It's going to make it a whole lot more difficult. But stylistically, I think you know this is going to come down to a stand-up fight. You've got a guy in Yamauchi who is, like I said, very Machida-like, fights from a karate stance basically, but he's effective and he uses his length very well. But he's you know he's gone up you know a lot in weight this guy was fighting at 145 at one time and you talked about how he's huge and you're right he was and then he went to 155 and now he's at 170 but the speed he's got speed he's fast and he's giving people problems with that speed gracie more of a muay thai style of stand-up very square we're gonna see who gets the shots but gracie's got to be very careful of the length of yamauchi in the stand-up because he can start, you know, like what happened with Storley. You start taking too many shots. 
you start to slow down and you just can't be you can't be the same fighter so but it's very interesting uh, unbelievable submission abilities by both but i think they're going to cancel each other out in that realm hmm. i would agree with you probably i would agree with you probably <laughs> they're going to end yeah. up having to stand with each other it's like when you yeah. have two good wrestlers right they yeah. know we'll fight on the wrestling they end up so, like with uh usman and colby they end up having a stand-up fight but That's it's a good fight I think, well, I, yeah it's kind of what i think you're going to see here yeah. uh next fight on here dave cool man valentine moldowski against tall steve mowry like moldowski's coming off of he lost his interim belt well he was going to lose it no matter what because he was fighting for the undisputed against bader and Bader out-wrestled him. And if there's one thing, if you're looking at Maori, I think on the feet, Moldovsky, even though he's shorter, doesn't have the length, he's got the advantage. He's just cleaner on his feet. He's fast. On the ground, Steve Maori is good. That's where Steve Maori gets all of his wins. Most of his wins, he's 10-0, 7 by submission. The guy is good when the fight hits the ground. He's got good submission skills. He positions his body well he's got good base he understands exactly how to just slowly manipulate his opponent into giving him what he's looking for i'd have to say moldowski is the, the favorite here even though you're looking at the size difference though there's not much of a weight difference there is as far as the length and the height six foot eight for steve mowry moldowski's probably six one but moldowski is fast he moves well it's a great matchup. Yeah, I think what Moldovsky's got to be careful of is getting his head in close on the chin because Mallory likes to grab that head and try to plumb tie you or tie yeah, tie clinch knees. you, knee you up yep. the middle. He's uh, He's got some fantastic knees. He, he uses that reach and that range to clinch the head and control you, try to get to the takedown. When you pop out, he'll try to get takedowns and get on top. He is nasty on top. That body, that body size for for a heavyweight being six eight is he six seven six eight? He's six. He's eight. huge, man. He's yeah. really long. He reminds me of what was the wrestler that we had uh, that was from um, uh, the WWE? Jake Hager. Jake Hager. Yeah, Jake. Same type of body style. Good wrestler as well. Not as good a stand up as as Maori, but it does make. I think it does make for a good conversation in terms of to me. Moldovsky should be the favorite. He was yep. a former interim champion. He's a dog. He he can take a shot. He will deliver a shot. I do believe, though, John, the speed will be a factor. Moldovsky will be the faster fighter. Yes. It's a matter of he can land, get in, and get out. He can't afford to hang his head in that middle situ in that middle uh, range to be kneed up the middle. And so I think I think Moldovsky should be the favorite. Can Moldovsky get this fight to the ground and be on top? Will Steve Mowry be on the bottom? Yeah. If, how how is he on the bottom? He's good, maybe on top. He's got good pressure, as most heavyweights do. Um, but can he survive the bottom of Moldovsky? That's the other thing. Yeah, it, it, we'll, it's, be to, we'll be able to. We'll be able to get survive, up. You know, people have hurt Maori on the feet and dropped him and had him in trouble, and he's always found a way out of it. He's been fantastic at that. So you got to give him credit there. He's a survivor. He's a gamer, but he's he's going against a guy who has fought a much higher level, I believe, of competition so far within their career. And that's going to be a big difference. This was one of those like one of those fights where you have there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. Yeah. Will he be able to get past, you know, the second round into the third with someone at the, the level of Moldovsky, the speed of Moldovsky, the experience of Moldovsky, all of those things. This is a huge step up in competition for for Mallory. And John, this is one of those sinker swims. That's what kind of 
here we go. I'm going I'm to be very upfront about the whole Bellator situation. You've got the top guys, four and five, right? And Steve has Maori hasn't been able to fight a lot of because they're not a de- there's not a deep there's very rare uh, in the weight classes that were very deep. Say you get six, seven, eight guys that are really good in those weight classes, but you know nine, ten, eleven, twelve are not as they're like kind of just fishing at the top there in terms of the way in terms of the weight class of the top ten. Maori is someone who. Dominant, 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 but not against the level of competition that Moldovsky's fought. Now this is a huge step up in competition for him. I would have liked to have seen him fight maybe one more person or maybe even two more people to get him to this to this fight. This is this is a big fight for him. Huge fight it for is. him. Being it ten is. and zero though, you can't you can't keep holding him back. Uh, but no. this is a big fight for him. So got to we'll put him out does. there sometime. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Next, Alima Lay McFarland taking on Bruna Ellen. Contrast to Styles, Bruna Ellen is more a even you know a lot of people she's from Brazil doesn't mean she's a jujitsu stylist she's a stand up fighter and she's a good stand up fighter she's got fast hands she's in and out she moves her head well she's gonna give Alimale a lot of problems in that stand up area because she is fast Alimale better wrestling definitely better ground and so this is a matter of where does this fight go you know we, we've seen Alimale where she's motivated and she looks fantastic. And we've seen her where really not motivated and just kind of just going through the fight. And so, you know, she's had two fights in a row where she's come out, you know, and uh, her last fight against Justine Kish just didn't look like she wanted to be there. Just looked like it was one of those days where it's like, I'm just not not feeling it. So hopefully she's going to feel it in this one because she's got to to get a win against Bruna. Yeah, she's the former champ. She's coming off two losses <clears throat> since she lost her title to Juliana Velasquez and now losing to Justin Kish in Hawaii. Now jumping right on the Bruna Ellen uh, fight, trying to stay as active and busy as she can to try to build up some momentum, maybe in this third this third fight so she doesn't take a third loss. <clears throat> when I talked to her in Seattle, I, did the inter- I interviewed her, but I also talked to her off air. I think a little bit of the frustration is that she just was struggling with a little bit of her knees. <clears throat> there was a lot of wrestling going on in the last fight. Just didn't look like he was on track. Yeah. She said she's picked up where she left off. That's why she wanted to jump right back into a fight, get right back into the wrestling and the grappling. You can't take that amount of time off and come back expecting to be the fighter you were when you left. And I think she realized that. I think, though, that this is a bad matchup for her. doesn't matter if she had the time off or she, whatever it is. And I'm, I'm going to pick her to win because if this fight does hit the ground, I think she's got a great chance of finishing Bruna Allen. Yeah. But Bruna Allen is a way better version of Justine Kish. Maybe not as much power, but she's a lot faster, which Alimale has problems with. And she's got the different varieties of striking, not just the boxing and walking forward with little tiny kicks here and there like Justine Kish. Bruna Ellen's fast on the sidekick, fast on the inside leg kick, throws the combination and moves out really well. The way that I see this fight panning out is because Bruna Ellen is also a smaller 125 pounder. She's not a big 125 pound fighter. Yeah. She's a smaller 125 pounder. So if Alima Lake can press her to the fence, slow her movement down, make her tired, hang on her, get to the top position and make her really work to get up, I think she's got a good chance of winning this fight. But Bruna Allen is the speed and the the mobility as well as the way her combinations come out is going to give Alimale McFarlane some problems. I agree. But it should be a good, should be a fun fight. I'm rooting for Alimale McFarlane to get her back on track because you hate to see one of your OGs, got, you know, kind of go through this transition of the young and up and comers coming around and getting filling in. But Alimale is not level. old. She's not. <laughs> she's not old. No, she's not. No, but you, you know? talk to her, you almost seem like she's forty. 
50 yeah. years old. She's like, oh, I'm, I'm getting older. And I'm, uh, I'm like, <laughs> calm down, negative Nancy. Yeah, calm down. Yeah. All right, next fight. This, this next Soma. fight, Sayed I'm super excited against Gohan Sarakam from Turkey. Gohan trains out of uh, Gegar Musasi's camp with Burt Kopp's. This is a this is a contrast in speed and the way guys fight. Sayed Soma starts slow and he builds, but he he just he frustrates people and he's very difficult to hit and he just continues on a path after he gets you a little bit tired and then he just starts to build that momentum. He's good. He's tough. He does not get tired. For a heavyweight, he never gets tired. Yeah. And he is a good fighter, but he's got to start faster. He's letting the he's, he's always letting the first round go by. Sarakam is a fast fighter, fast starter. Likes to he's a good finisher. He's got a lot of power. This is a, again another contrast. Sarakam can get can he use that explosiveness to get rid of Said Soma, which most people cannot do. So if he tries one of those rushes and he burns himself out. He's going to play right into what Soma does. Soma's going to get the win. He can get to that point where he gets in tight, where he's strong, he's fast, he's explosive, he hurts Soma, and he can finish the fight. I think it's a great heavyweight matchup. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to tell a lot about both guys. This should be a really fun fight. You got Soma, who is, like you said, someone who just kind of walks forward, has vicious, nasty leg kicks. He throws combination. He is a little bit wild on the stand-up, but he's very, um, I don't want to say precise, but he's... When he is in that combination, like when he's throwing his combinations, he's dedicated to throwing them. Sometimes people are just one pot, one pot, one, two shots. He's very good at throwing the leg kick, throwing the hands, and then getting out in the way and circling. He can fight off of his back foot. <clears throat> Sarakam is someone, though, who very much impressed me in his last fight. He was kind of having some lulls in his, in his fights where he just didn't look good or like the conditioning was a factor. But in his last fight, when he fought a uh, baby Fedor, the guy from uh, what, I can't remember his name, Kirill Sedilnikov. Dilnikov. Kirill Sedilnikov. Kirill Sedilnikov. <laughs> but John, I was sitting there cage side watching that because we did that show in uh, it was in Ireland, and the and the desk is pushed up close to the cage, and you could just hear the oh, power yeah. from both those guys landing. And it was clean, hard shots landed by both fighters. And it was just a freaking amazing fight. Seeing two heavyweights just get after it. And you look at Sedilnikov, and I'm thinking to myself, there's no way this guy's got cardio. There's no way. The guy was pushing Sarakama around, just trying to get him, trying to get him on his back foot, trying to make him uncomfortable. And Sarakama was just taking this, taking the shots, moving, using his footwork, landing the long hard. The jab was money that night. Yep. His combinations were on point. I was like, holy shit. And I was excited to see him fight again. So I'm hoping because you, this is what happens with these kind of fighters. You, um, with all fighters, is that they start to get comfortable or they start to get used to reading their own paper clippings. And you hope that he has the same performance that he had last time. I couldn't stop hyping him up after his last fight because it was such a great fight by both fighters. But Syed Soma is that guy that can maybe kind of sometimes lure you in yeah. to one of those sleeper fights and yes, then finishes you or just makes you look bad because he's he just lulls you to sleep and then boom. You know who else was like that? <clears throat> who I fought was Hermes Franca. 
He was someone that like kind of started slow. He kind of just wasn't like a very action-packed fighter in the first, but he was sneaky inside the cage. Little tricks like looking down at your feet and then throwing a head kick as you look down. Those little type of things that you don't see if you're a fan at home, but doing in the cage. And watching uh, Sarkom and uh, Sadilnikov kind of fight like that, I can see Sayod Soma trying to do things like that inside the cage, those little mind games. So that should I'm, I was excited when I saw this fight on the card. I was excited for this fight. Yeah. Austin Vanderfort coming back off of his first loss going against Aaron Jeffrey. Good matchup. Contrast the styles. One guy having good stand-up. One guy being, you know, just a beast wrestler who likes ground and pound. We're going to see exactly where Austin Vanderford's head's at. We're going to see, yeah. you know, how much did that loss have an effect on him. Mm-hmm. All right, John, without going through the rest of the card, look, Josh Hill is someone to look, take a look at on this card. Take a look at him. Watch him fight. He's a technician. He's a dog. He's someone that will come in, press the pace. Great cardio, great condition. Deanna Bennett versus Justine Kish. Deanna Bennett should win this fight with the speed. And if she's able to get this fight to the with ground, the which I think she, with the wrestling, I think she's got a good chance of getting that submission and that finish. She's a dog, man. She's good and she's yeah. aggressive and she's a fun fighter to watch. So I got she a is. lot of love for her. <clears throat> Sullivan Coley, uh, another Been top fantastic. level prospect that he's fantastic. He's someone to keep an eye on in terms of the Bellator divisions. Uh, but the guy that we should be giving him is, is making his debut. Come John, on. I'll let you go ahead. I know you did all the research on him. I know him from the wrestling backgrounds. But Pat Downey, he's making his Bellator debut. He's making what his debut think? as an MMA fighter. But, you know, Pat, yeah. if, if people know who Pat Downey is, first off, he was a phenomenal wrestler. Had some issues. But his issues were what? Mental. Got in fights. <laughs> he got yeah. in fights. He Mental kept fighting. Issues. So it's like, well, welcome to MMA, Patrick Downey. I, you know, I think it's going to be a uh, the guy that he's fighting, Jeff Souter. Uh, this is his MMA debut. He's fought in bare knuckle boxing. Uh, he's, so he's done a lot of bare knuckle boxing, but going against a guy that wrestles like Pat Downey, your wrestling better be on point, or at least your wrestling defense, because Downey is the real deal when it comes to. You know, that area, he is a stud. Uh, I, I just, I look forward to seeing exactly where he's at in, with his full MMA. You know, I don't expect yeah. a ton, but his wrestling is going to carry him a long ways. Well, Jeff souter has got to just touch him with the hands, make him uncomfortable, and try to shoot shoot from his back shoot foot. Shoot from afar. <clears throat> shoot from afar or put pressure to where he's taking desperation shots to try to get the takedown. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's going to have a problem, though, John. No, just I being honest. He's I don't gonna bulldoze. He's going to bulldoze right through with his, his blast double. And once this fight hits the ground, it's going to be just nasty ground and pound. And I don't think that Souter is going to be able to get back to his feet. He's just nope. going to take some big punches. I agree. The control and the strength and the wrestling of um, Downey is going to be the, the obviously the factor here. Um, scrolling down a little bit more there, Dave. Isaiah uh, Hokit, very good, good wrestler. Re- Phenomenal. Coming off of, you know, he, he, his first fight was a loss. Then he got himself back to a win, fought smart. Bailey Schoenfelder, very good fighter, very popular up in the South Dakota area. He's coming back. That should be a very good fight. All right, Yo, well, that's going to wrap up. Hold one. on. The other one, Mitchell McKee was a Minnesota Gopher wrestling team, Division uh, One All-American. That kid is tough. He's been training with Logan Storley, obviously. Logan coming from the Minnesota Gophers. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see him fight. I watched his fights. Very, you know, dominant in what he's done so far. We'll see if he keeps that going. 
All right, well, hey, that's going to wrap up our Bellator talk. We're going to jump right into the PFL and get this, keep this show moving. Moving because we've been screwing up. We got Rory McDonald in the main event taking on Magomed Umalatov. Ooh, it's a tough fight. Yeah, it's one of those things when Rory is someone who I, I really like. I like as a person, I like him as, you know, the way he handles himself as a father. Like everything about him, he's just a good guy, and he's had some unbelievable battles in the cage, be it in the UFC, be it in Bellator, and he's he's sh shown how tough he is, the grit and everything. But all that damage has you know taken an effect on how effective he can be as a fighter, and and I'm just saying, Magomed is this guy's good, and his wrestling is really good, and his stand up is really good. He's undefeated for a reason, and this is a difficult fight for Rory to win. Yeah, John, 12-0, and 0, never experienced a loss. His name's, he's got Magomed in his name. <laughs> um, it's just, and, and Rory in the past has had problems with guys that can wrestle and kind of control him and hold him down from the top position, can do work, also avoid submission attempts. Rory's a phenomenal jiu-jitsu practitioner yeah, in terms is. of his sweeps, getting back to the top position. He's phenomenal from the bottom. I'm just not sure if you can, if he can nullify, if he can make the attacks, whereas Magomed can nullify his his attacks from the bottom by using heavy hip pressure. A lot of how the like a lot of how the Russians or the Dagestani fighters do, they control the hips, keep you in front of them, and land vicious ground a pound. And they're good enough from all the years of Sambo of defending sweeps and leg locks and also all the 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 strength that the majority of them possess. They take a lot of pride in their conditioning in terms of. Uh, lifting every day, running every day, no matter what they're doing, even if it's not hard, just doing a little bit. Give me 30 minutes or 20 minutes of, of pull-ups and then a lap around the track. I would go, I would see when Khabib and Islam and, and uh, Mamadov, Islam Mamadov and Makachev and, and Habib and Umar and Usman, all these guys, they would get done training and then they'd go home and eat and they'd come back and then when they were, before they'd come back and hit mitts, they'd go to the track and they'd do their sprints or do their, but they they would do their hard sprints, but then they would kind of joke and laugh around as everyone's just kind of taking reps, doing their sit-ups. They're in the middle of a conversation, doing sit-ups, doing push-ups, just building their strength. And they're not even, they look at it as like their, their social time, like how you and I sit around coffee and be lazy. They're doing that. They're doing it that lazy? way. Yeah, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> so this is going to be a tough fight for Rory McDonald. Yeah. Um, but I can't say that he can't get it done. He he is uh, he has taken yeah, a lot absolutely. of shots. He has taken a lot of damage. His nose is jacked up. He'll tell you himself. His, um, I think his, he's got. I think he's got one of those uh, plastic uh, bridges. His lower his, his left leg his lower left leg is just destroyed. Yeah. Yeah, he's so, got problems. Yeah, but he's got some issues. He definitely has. He's got he's got that that thing in him that keeps him going and makes him just tough as nails. So he definitely has. I'm not, I'm not saying that he's going to get run over. But this is a tough fight. This is one of those ones you can't say, oh, he's the favorite. I honestly don't think he is. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, Umalatov is the favorite in this fight. Okay. Next fight. Ante Dalia versus Heenan Fahir. This heavyweight <laughs> matchup. Dalia's actually looked very well. Uh, I think he's number one when it comes to the PFL thing. I could be wrong about that. I don't they're damn number system drives me crazy but this is a a fight where 
you look and you go, he should be the favorite in this. We'll see how he does against uh, Hina, who's very, very big, tall, long. You want to talk about a heavyweight, tall, long, and lanky? Yeah. This guy has got it, man. He is he is a big dude. So, um, is he like Steve Mallory, tall, six eight, or is he more uh, like six four, six six? No, I think I want to say he's six six. I, I think he's six six. Got Dave, it. can you look that up real quick? <clears throat> six five, six five. Oh six, no, that's five. that's Ante. Wrong that's, one. No, that's wrong one. Six eight. There you go. Oh, six six eight. eight. Thank you very much. Six eight. Yeah. Ooh, and he, and he is, dude. He's big. And you know, if you if you recall, this is the guy that you know uh, when um, Fabricio Verdum came into oh. the PFL. This was the guy that uh, had the, I guess they called it a no the, contest. Did they yeah, call it a no contest? Did he tap and then didn't tap, or yeah, what happened? Something in there. Yeah, and they called it a no contest. Yeah, Fabricio Verdum. Yep. Yep. It was a tap and then a no tap. Right? Is what he did. Yeah, something like that. Jeez, man. Jeez. Uh, good stuff. And then uh, you've got, what, Gastoff versus Sheffield? That's another heavyweight matchup. You know, Sheffield's the one that I, I got to give him credit, man. He looked great against Capaloza. Uh -huh. you know, I thought that Capaloza was going to you know take that fight. I thought he you know was built for him. And Matthias Sheffield just he did everything right. He came forward. He put pressure on him, made him fight off his back foot. The one round that he kind of took off, and he he was go backward. He lost that round, but came back and he you know, he deserved the win. He's got a tough fight against Goldsuff, but if he fights the way he did against Capaloza, got a great chance of winning this fight. And then uh, the guy that I was impressed with last time was Sai. Yeah, and he fought he fought a he fought a good fight, <clears throat> speed. Great kicks, great combinations, putting it all together. He's become quite a fighter. I mean, when he first came into the PFL, it was pretty much the easiest way to beat him was to just push on him, make him fight on his back foot, get the takedowns, dominate the position. He's now becoming a full, well-rounded MMA fighter, and he looked impressive in his last fight. Uh, what other fights on here, buddy? I would say if you're going to be looking towards things, if Lee Chadwick is on this card. You know, I know. I saw that. And it's like. The butcher in Lee Chadwick is—he's a guy, man. He's a gamer. He will come and he will give you everything he has. I don't know what kind of shape he's in, but that matchup against Masela, hey, you know, Lee Chadwick come in and get a win because he used to kill himself getting to 185. This is at light yeah. heavyweight where he definitely should be. He's a big, strong guy. He hits hard. He's. Uh, He's super durable. He will take big shots. So I look forward to that and see how he does. He's got a lot of fights, John. What has he got? Oh, like God, 30, yeah. fi 30 fights, 30 wins, oh, and then no, like no, another. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th oh, yeah, he's got 30 wins and like 20, he's 15 he's losses or something. Yeah, he's, he's closing, closing out on 50, 50 fights. fights. That's a lot of fights. 27, yeah. 16, and I think one. Yeah, 27, 16, and one. He is big. He is strong. He is a little. He has slowed down a little bit in terms of when he put all that size back on to yeah. stay at two hundred five. Yep. So he's slowed down. But I have noticed an increase in his cardio since he's went up in weight class yeah. versus trying to kill himself to get to eighty five. So he's been able to push. He always looks like he's tired though. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of Trevor Prangley a little bit, yeah. where he always oh, looks tired, but then as you a, push him, he like fights comparison. real hard. It's yes, like he oh, always he's looks dead. tired. He's done, yeah. but he keeps going. 
and he's he's dead. So, he's done. You know, he keeps going. And it's like we that's, that's we had a little we had a little uh, uh, thing that we used to talk about with Trevor in the gym. Trevor was the guy who looked exhausted. He'd be sparring in the in the ring, and he'd have like one arm. He'd be so tired. He'd have one arm on the on the ring. Um, on the, on the top rope. rope, and then he'd be punching with one arm, and then as the guy got closer, he would just set his feet and just throw real hard, like a caged lion in the corner. Just it was hilarious to watch him do it, and so we would just laugh at him and just call him like that little caged lion because he just he would wait, and that's kind of like Chadwick. He kind of lets you come forward. He's trying to get as many breaths as he can, and then, then he, he just throws real hard and gets you to go backwards, and then he kind of walks you down a little bit, and then he goes back to okay, I'm tired, and he goes backwards, and so. All right, well, hey, that's going to wrap up our PFL talk. Uh, we didn't spend a lot of time on the PFL. We're going to move right into the UFC. Um, let's do it. This is on Saturday night. This show is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag brings you some of the best betting odds across the world. It's an online gambling site. Go to MyBookie.ag. Use our promo code WAYNEIN. They're going to give you a little extra spending cash for your first initial deposit, but also... You only have to spend your money one time, your winnings one time, and then you can go ahead and withdraw your winnings after you spend it that one time. Go to mybookie.ag, use that promo code Wayne. I want to thank you for using MyBookie and letting them know that we sent you there. John. Love, love this fight. You, I, I'm not a fan, man. I love not, this fight. No, don't get, me, don't get me wrong. I think it's going to be a, a good fight. I just, I like Dominic Cruz. People don't like him, and I love Chito Vera. This is not a good fight for Dom. Okay. This is not a good. But the, that's why I don't like it. I like but, to see the old time guys, guys from but, my era, John. Like have have success. Okay, all right. Now this is where I'm going to get ripped by the people saying I'm I'm dogging the UFC, where I am not. But you can't blame the UFC if you're going to fight in the UFC and you're going to fight for all of those years. Yeah. And you you were the champ and all that good stuff. It eventually comes to an end, Josh. You know yeah. that. I know that. Father time undefeated. So the UFC has got to make a choice. And their choice is, do I continue to give you fights that you can win so I can continue to pay you a lot of money because Dominic's making a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Now, he's still a good fighter. I'm not, I'm not saying he's not. He's still a good fighter. But he has slowed down a little bit. And so that's, that's the difference of him getting these fights where he dominates the action and he gets the win or where it's a much more difficult fight for him. But if you're the UFC, you can't just continue to give him fights that, oh, he can win. You've got to put him up against guys that you say, look, this guy's on the rise. Now, this is a guy that he can beat, but this is definitely a guy that can beat him. And if if this guy in Marlon Vera does beat him, that's good for our promotion. It, it, it puts it where, hey, we can talk about Marlon Vera and all the people that he has now gotten wins against. Dominic Cruz, the former Bantamweight champion, being one. You can't blame the UFC for putting this fight together. It makes sense. It's good for Marlon Vera. It may not be a great matchup for Dominic, but that's what happens when you get older. I feel like you have some ill will towards Dom. Just <laughs> <laughs> John, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with, and I've talked to. We've talked about this in in depth about the promotion is going to always put the promotion first. Uh, has to, and they've got. They've got. They got. You have to remember that they are never going to say that a fighter is bigger than the promotion, and they're never going to allow a fighter to get bigger than a promotion. 
and they're going to always try to rein them in and be like, hey, and not that Dom needs to be reined in. It's just, it's at that age now. You can't, like you said, you can't afford to keep paying somebody that amount of money to fight just people that they either can beat all the time or low-level fighters that doesn't really do anything for their career. They want to make sure that they're earning their keep. Dom's got a great gig as being a commentator. He's also got a great gig in terms of you know what he's doing in in San Diego and and with his fight with his fight uh, career. He still has it. Yep. It's a tough it's a tough fight for him. It's a tough fight for him. And based on Chito Vera, he's not. How old is Chito? He's not very young. He's like thirty. No, no, no. He's like thirty. Early thirties. Thirty three. 34? Yeah. 29. Oh, 29. Jesus, I'm wrong. man. I thought he was like 32, 33. Because he's been around. I thought, yeah. Yeah, he's been around for a Very bit. Nice. But he is, 29 is his prime. So, oh, yeah. But I was going to say, you can tell when somebody is. Dominic is 38. That, yeah, he's in that mix of control of the how strong he is. His kicks are getting 36. better. He's 36. His power, is get, his power is transitioning now. He is really filling into his body and his ability to do all the things that he needs to do at a high level and to beat to beat Dom. I don't want to count Dom out because Dom is crafty. He's smooth. But the, he has slowed down in his style. And I've said this from the very, very beginning. High output. His style is phenomenal. Yeah. But no different than how I looked. For, no, yes, for him. But no different how I looked at Roy Jones Jr., Yep, his style was phenomenal as well. But For as him. soon as he lost a step, it became easier. It started, to hit. It started to change. Yep, because and the shots that did not hit him in the past, the shots that slid by and he was able to counter, are now either yep. touching him and taking his balance a little bit off, so now he can't counter the same way, or they're hurting him. Yeah, and, that, and, that, and that's what scares me a little happens. bit. And like. I got a lot of love for Dom. I got a lot of love for Cheeto, but this is not a good fight for Dom. I'm surprised that actually Dom took it. I thought he would have tried to take someone like a Frankie Edgar or someone who's a little bit older in age like him. And because we say this all the time, lighter weight fights at the 135 pound division, which this fight is speed kills. When you start to get older, your career doesn't last as long because the fighters are so much faster. As you start losing a step and these young bucks like Cheeto, who may not be faster than him now or just equally as fast, like you said, Dom's head movement, moving his head offline, moving, you know, leaning back, all of those things. If it's one step behind, that means you're leaving your head in a position to be head kicked, a yep. shot to be landed, all yep. of those things. I don't I don't know how this fight goes. I just don't see it going Dom's way. No matter how much you want him to win or how much you want to see him succeed, I do. I want to see him have at least a good fight, uh, you know, and I'll sit back and forth battle. I just don't think it's going to happen, John. I could definitely see this going Dom's way. Look at Dominic's got three losses in his career, right? Mm -hmm. Uriah Faber long ago caught him in a mm -hmm. guillotine choke, and then Dominic came back and, you know, beat him and stuff. Cody Garbrandt had the fight of his life, beautiful performance, and it was speed. It was the difference in speed that got Cody Garbrandt that win. And Henry Cejudo. Speed. A, a guy that Dominic couldn't just blast in, get the takedown, frustrate him in the wrestling area, do the things that made Dominic very good as far as Dominic mixes things up so well. He's going to have to be very careful. And the one thing that he can do, if, if he can keep that conditioning, and this is my concern with this fight it's a five-round fight yep and that doesn't lend towards dominic a three-round fight would have been better for dominic because he would have been able to keep that movement because 
Cheeto's going to come up with the, he's got that beautiful deep kick up the middle. He brings the high kick, the front kick up, you know, t- upstairs and that can, you know, it can catch you. Now Dominic does a great job of keeping his head off the center line most of the time. It's a real question of when he gets tired, how's it going to play out? Well, John, he's going to have to wrestle in this fight because here's the thing with Dom. He shoots and gets takedowns, but he never controls the top position. No, never. He he doesn't, but he doesn't want to. He doesn't even care about it. He's going to need to care in this fight. In a five round fight, in this fight, but I'm saying in the past, yeah, he's always just like, you know, I'm going to show you. I'll take you down when I want, and I'll make you think about it because it's going to make my stand up more effective. And I I agree with him. I think he's smart in the way he does it. Vera does not give a shit about being on the ground with him. Vera's good on the ground. I understand that, but Dom's going to need to slow... Dom's going to need to slow him down, and he's going to have to control that top position. And if if he's not used to doing it, or he's being forced to do it, or he's used to getting the takedown and allowing you to get back to your feet without any resistance. He's like, oh, whatever, I'll take you down again. It's a threat of it being there, so it opens up his striking. That's right. He thinks you're gonna. Sh- you think you're gonna. He's gonna shoot, and he comes over the top of the overhand right or the overhand left, or throws the head kick. Whatever it is, he mixes up his strikes really well, and he's gonna have to do that. But he's gonna have to control to slow this pace down to minimize how much damage he takes against Cheeto. Cheeto will kick both legs out, inside kick, outside kick. He will do all of those things, and then he will land the combinations. And if they get into those clinches. And Cheeto's able to tie plumb him or get him in that clinch. He's yeah. going to throw those knees into the gut, up the middle, all of those things. And if he gets taken down, he's just going to lay on his back and go, come to Poppy. Come on. Like, he's fine. Like you said, he's very Look, comfortable being on his back. He's better He's better off his back than Dominic. Oh, absolutely. You know, way better. So it's, it's just, you know, that's not, Dominic doesn't really find himself that often on his back. And that's not where he, you know, he plays his game. So, but. You know, they, they both he doesn't have their, find himself on top though very often either, John. He's on top he, for a split does, second. But he does and you can see he doesn't care to keep the fight in that position. The only time I've ever seen Dominic work at trying to stay in the top position is when he got hurt. Yeah. And I've seen him, you know, uh, you can see he's working to stay there because hey, I'm trying to clear my head out. Okay. And then he gets he gets right back up because that's he wants yeah. to be on his feet. That's where he's comfortable. But I I look at it. Dominic can win this fight, but you've got to say that Marlon Vera is the favorite in this fight. Got it. Next fight. <clears throat> Nate Landerwer. Dan, didn't David Onama just fight? Pull that up real quick. I thought he just fought. Must have had a good fight. Uh, July, you're right. Yep. July 9th. Yeah, July 9th. Boom. Nice. John got that steel trap memory. Damn. What? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, we go through so many fights. Oh, it's crazy. It's funny. I was looking at, like, cause we do, we cover a lot of the fights, obviously all the fights as much as we can, but I was going through deleting all the videos that we have from our podcast on my phone. Just since, just since I want to say April, I deleted like 600 videos. Because <laughs> Dave sends us, you know, he sends us clips of say like seven to 10 videos, you know, every single show. So I think I had, I think I deleted like 600 something videos since like April. I was like, holy jeez. <laughs> so it was crazy. All right. Um, what do you think? Really, it's a good fight. Onama is a guy who people look at him like, oh, he was a stand-up guy. He's actually got wrestling, and he can be on the on the ground in the top position. Nate Landewer, very good fighter. Solid everywhere. 
this is a great matchup, but I'm 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 intrigued by the fact that you know Onama's last fight was a submission, I believe, and he's getting better on the ground. And the fact that he's coming back this fast, I like that. It's at this point in his career, you know, being a young fighter, it's good get the, all those fights in so you get that experience. This is this is a really interesting matchup between the two. I'm not against fighters going back to back in terms of because they they want to keep the ball rolling. Yep. But if he has, if he gets the win or if he gets the loss or whatever it is, take but if he has a off. tough fight, I want him to take a time off, some time off, because you you have to go back and no matter how your fight went before, where you got the win, you said by submission. Now if he gets a, a win here, whether by knockout or decision or whatever, now take some time, let your body recover, get rejuvenated, make yourself want to get back in there. Just be like man, you're itching, you're itching to go. You see too many times where fighters are on a roll. And then they're just doing too many back-to-back -back camps. And then it's it's not as fun anymore. You're not giving as much effort. You think you are, but you're not learning. If you're in fight camp, John, you're not learning as much as you could. That time off in between True. fights is about learning. About Taking technique. the time to get better, about technique. Tightening up all the things that you did wrong in those first two fights. Even though you got wins, yep. it's about learning and getting better from those two fights. Take Take your time. Watch the fights. Look at what you did. Make those little tweaks here and there. A lot of fighters, they only do that when they lost. Oh, what do I got to do now that I lost? Don't do that. Get into the program of, okay, get your two wins, make your money, got through the rest of the year, try and maybe get one again maybe at the end of the year in December or early January, but get better in between there and learning how stuff takedowns. Focus, f set your goals to, hey, I'm going to wrestle this whole time or, you know, this next month or whatever. It's going to be nothing but wrestling so I get better. Then I'm going to do nothing but jiu-jitsu. So, but I like to see active fighters because then you can see that they're progressing and they feel comf they feel comfortable in what they're what they're building on in the gym. Yeah. Uh, let's go next. Let's see. What else is next? Yasmin Jirugi versus Lucindo. How the Eisman hell did you Lucindo. pronounce that name, John? Dude, I'll tell you <laughs> what. The, the both of them together is just yes. horrible, but. Oh, it's, it's look at Jarugi. I think that's how you say. It. I, I'm I'm probably okay. butchering the hell out of it. Of course, but undefeated at this point at eight zero. Lucindo, good fighter. We've seen her before. I'm surprised that this fight is on the main card. I'm just surprised by it. But yeah, it's not the ones that you would normally see. You normally see a couple of other ones kind of up, but it's like you know you've got Angela Hill fighting. Godinez down below. Yeah. Don't you kind of think that they, they deserve, I don't know. I just, I look at it and it's I, I like, think it was surprising. You're taking, yeah, you're taking a look though at two young prospects. I think yeah. they're trying to do They're trying to push, trying to give them a little bit more TV time. Angela Hill has been on the big stage. She's been at the top. She, you know, she's had she some ups and downs. She doesn't have the record that they have. Yeah. She doesn't have the record. Yeah. Like those type of things. So I think they're really trying to push for the younger talent to get yep. up there. I think but Angela Hill is one of those girls that she will continue to She'll come back. compete with everyone. She will. She has lost fights that she shouldn't have lost. And she's yep. she's won some fights where she just looked absolutely fantastic. And I love her. She's got a great personality. And uh, just a dog. She'll get in there and just battle it out. Love everything about her. Uh, but let's go back up. We got Devin Clark versus, uh, I don't know how you say his last name, Mirsakhanov. That was pretty good. Mirsakhanov, yeah. Mirsakhanov. Okay. Okay. Uh, John, what do you think? Devin Clark's a hell of a wrestler. Now, Mirza Konoff is a hell of a wrestler. 
both good in the wrestling. Mirzakhanov also has decent stand-up as far as a little bit stiff, a little bit Eastern European style of, you know, very, you know, tight. Devin Clark in his last fight looked really good, opened up a little bit. We've always known him as the wrestler. He opened up in the stand-up quite a bit. Um, I think he's coming into his own. It's a good matchup, but I got to say that I th- I would tell you that Merzkanov is the guy that would be the favorite in this fight. One of John, or not John, but one of Podcast Dave's all-time favorites is fighting Cynthia Cavillo. She's fighting Nina Nunes. <laughs> Dave just loves her. Dave used to do a lot of stuff uh, up at uh, out Team Alpha Male back in the day. That's how he became friends with Josh Emmett and uh, Cynthia Cavillo and, the, and a lot of the fighters there. And so um, it's funny because this is a good fight. She's got to go back to her roots. Got to go back to her roots. But she's got, she's got a... I don't know, John. It seems like she's either not motivated or she's having a, a disconnect with her training. I don't know what it is. She looks good and then she looks horrible. She Let me looks ask, good. Josh, what when you look at Cynthia as a fighter coming up, what was she? Well, she was all stand-up, wasn't she? No, she was a submission fighter, man. She would take she? people to the ground and she would submit them. Hmm. Dave, am I not right? John's right. Thank you very much. I, I don't so, go back that far. <laughs> that's I was that still was her fighting style. when she came in. Yeah, that was her <laughs> style, though. She would, you know, work. She would kind of be the brawler in the stand-up, work to the clinch, get to the takedown, and submit her opponents. And she was good at it. And then she became a stand-up fighter. Everything became more stand-up. And if she mm. she if she decides to ride with that, you know, that train against Nina Nunez. She might not yeah. get another win, but if she brings herself back to who she was and use her stand-up to get into the clinch, to work towards the takedown, to look for the submission, she's got a great chance against Nina Nunez, yeah. and she can get that win. But she's got to go back to her old ways. I, I think I'm a little... Um, if I was going to lean one way, I'd probably lean more towards Nina, not based off of Cynthia Cavillo at all, but the fact that... Confidence. Um, Amanda looked so good in her last fight, was in phenomenal shape, and they obviously yeah. trained together. So yeah. there was a lot of push, I think, and motivation from the two of them. One, they're both, I think they're both going to come in phenomenal shape. They made some tweaks probably to their cardio because they're both probably doing the same thing. I would expect for her to look fantastic. So it's going to be a tough yeah. fight for Cynthia. John, is there any other fights on this card you want to talk about? Uh, oh, there there are a couple that I Jesus. think that are good. The, the they put the Ariana Lipsky versus Priscilla Cachera fight back on. We'll see how that goes. They are a week off, what but happened? they put it. They put it up in weight. Uh, there what was happened? a. From what I heard, there was an incident where one of them, as far as, uh, got ill, more dehydrated. Mm, so they decided, it. okay, we're gonna put you in the next week, and you're gonna be up a weight class because that was at flyweight. Yeah. So. They don't have to lose as much weight coming in. I thought that was really smart by the UFC in saying let's not put them and make them lose weight again as much. Put them more towards their natural weight at bantam weight. They both, you know, in the same area as far as losing that weight. So smart move by the UFC in the way they did that. The other part that I, I really like, I liked him on Blackshear. I think he's fun to watch. He's a he's an exciting fighter. He's going against Yosef Zalal. Another good fighter. That's at bantamweight. Zal's got a lot of uh, flash to him. He's he's fast. He's exciting. That should be a very exciting fight. 
O'Day Osborne. O'Day all day Osborne. O'Day, 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 O'Day. That's what he does, oh, and I like when he does it. He's going against Tyson Nam. That's a great matchup also. Well, hey, you guys, make sure you guys tune in. I believe these fights are on Saturday night. So you got Bellator Friday night in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. You've got PFL in the UK. From that will be UK? Saturday. That will be Saturday morning. So make sure you guys try to tune in uh, to the PFL on Saturday morning. And then you've got the UFC at night. You guys have got a lot of fights to watch. Ooh. So I don't want to hear any complaining. Unfortunately. We're talking about them. Unfortunately, yes. so do we. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, John, John, John. But we do it because we love it. Look, I'm going to be honest. There's a lot of fighters on this UFC card that I'm not familiar with. So I'm going to have to yeah. start doing a little more research on who some of these fighters are. I feel bad because, like, I know who Tyson Nam is. I know who O'Day is. I know, you know, obviously Angela Hill and, yeah. you know, and and a lot of the fighters. There's a lot in there that I know, but I've got to go back. Like, I, I've never heard of uh, Blackshear. And you're oh, saying he's a good, fo- good, he's good fighter. Good fighter. Fun to watch. And here's the thing. He'll probably, as soon as he comes up on the screen, can you can you pull him up for me real quick? DeMond Blackshear down there. Yep, on the right. Keep going. Um, there you go. Yeah. I'll bet you as soon as I see him in the cage. Oh, dude. Yeah, I yeah. Oh, I, I recognize it's him. It's yeah. the monster. I like that name, though. Damn, look at him, bro. He's cut up. Look at him. Oh, he's dude. He's a stud. All right. So I'm, I'm, now you got me all interested. See, this is, go, this is another show, show his record real quick. Maybe you'll you'll remember one of the there, fights that he had. 12 and 4. Let's see who he's fought. Look at that. John uh, fights in a row. Damn. Dun, dun, dun. Nope. I don't know any of those. You don't remember his win against oh, Mike Kimball? Oh, what about him? Danny Sabatello. Uh, there was a loss, though. You, you, I know, but I'm saying but he, you, fought, he fought Danny But you Sabatello. would have been at the Mike Kimball fight. That's why I figured you would remember him. Oh, I didn't get down that far. I stopped yeah. at the Danny Sabatello fight. He did have a fight against day. Pat Sabatini, who uh-huh. we all know Pat Sabatini is a stud. He lost mm-hmm. the decision to him, but just showed, man, he's tough. Will not give in. Will not give up. The kid's good. Uh-huh. He's fun to watch. Good stuff. Good stuff. I'm excited. Nice thing you got me interested now in See, here. See, I thought you would, I like I thought you, as soon as you would have you remembered the Mike Kimball fight. John, oh. I'm going to be honest, man. Since I quit working side by side with you at the cage, I really just focus on the main event fighters. Yeah. And I still I still do my research on some of the new up and comers that I know that we've signed. Like I've done my research on Pat Downey outside of his wrestling and like how he's been training. Hit, I've talked to a couple people that have talked about his training regiment and how he's doing, how his stand up yeah. is, how his, his ground is. But they're high on him. They are. They're high they are. on they're, him. They are. And they're also a little concerned. That you know, like we got, we got to make sure we keep an eye on him. It's one of those fighters that the the sky is the limit. The ceiling is. is. He's got so much ability to to control what he does outside of the cage. Yes, yes, I know. (laughs) But I think once, once somebody, I think we've we've seen in the past. I can speak from experience on this: is the better that I got in the cage, the less I fought outside the cage. Yeah. And it just, it works. Because all of a sudden you realize, dude, I get paid for this. Why am I going to do it for yeah. free? I tell the story all the time, and I've told you this a bunch of times. Scott Coker called me one time after I got in a fight at a nightclub. It was after one of my fights. He's like, hey, if you're going to fight for free, he's like, let me know. He's like, I'll just, uh, and it, it was a, it was like one of those check I'll realities. He's like, card. hey, I'll put you all on the card. Yeah, I'll, get, I'll sign you up next week on the next card. It's like one of those, hey, dude, I pay you a lot of money. Don't be out there acting like an idiot. And so it's it's hard, I think, for promotion. good way for him to want, put it, though. Yeah, they want to leave you alone and let you be your own individual, but it's like if you're going to be out in the club fighting for free, why am I investing all this money into you? Shit, I'll fight you for free, no problem, under a bridge somewhere, <laughs> it's a, dummy. It's, 
So, um, yeah, it just comes down to it. I think Pat Downey's got the ceiling is so high. It, he's, he's so marketable. He's, yep. You know, I could see a total WWE shtick going in as well. If he ends up being something like that on the mic, I could see that happening as well. All good. So, all right, let's get into some news podcast. Dave, what do you got for us? All right, I've got uh, Tony Ferguson saying that he is going to Jackson Wink and kind of hoping that he can uh, revive his career a little bit. Nice. Um, he was saying that, you know, basically through throughout the last little bit here, he's kind of changed management, left the team. Um, he said he had a falling out with his, with a previous team. Um, I don't know who that was, but um, then he says that um, he had some options here and Jackson Wink was was the one that he chose and he's you know hoping to get back in the game here if he takes that fight with dan hooker i think jackson wink is the perfect team for him because one thing that greg jackson does very well is game plan yeah he is a wizard when it comes to a wizard when it comes to game planning and the, so it, the, john you know tony ferguson better than probably any of us i mean outside of outside of the cage personality wise is that a good fit it's a great fit and it's something that Tony needs. The, the one thing that I, you know, if I was talking to Tony, I would tell him, hey, don't try to be in charge of your training. Yeah. Let them be in charge of your training. When they tell you to back off, back the fuck off. And that's one of the things that Tony has a hard time doing. He, Tony doesn't have, you know, he's got one speed and it's go. And it's, it's what has made Tony who he is. But you need to back off at times. You need to listen to your trainers, help your training partners help you. You know, don't be in charge of your training. Go there, listen, be a sponge, mm -hmm. learn, and let them game plan for you and then follow what they give you and you're going to come out with a win. Yeah. He needs to work on fighting a different way. And he's That's what I'm stud. talking about. <laughs> he needs to he needs to do what Andre Larolovsky. He needs yeah. to make these little changes. Yes. When he fought when he fought me, he was in his prime. He was somebody that he could, could come push forward. the pace. Yeah. He could come forward. He could take a shot. He could do all this. Don't get me wrong. He can still take a fucking shot. Sure. Don't let what happened in the last fight oh, fool you. Anybody would have been knocked out in that exactly. situation where that hit exactly. him. Exactly. Tony Ferguson is a fucking dog. There's no quitting him. That's never what's been in question is that during those times, and I go back to the Roy Jones thing again, he's gotten away with not using the, the proper technique with a lot of stuff because he was so good at making being creative, the roll away from the double leg, the, um, you know, the way his striking is, the way he turns his back and then comes back with a combination, his push kick with his hands way down, but he had a nasty hard push kick up the middle when I found out, you know what I mean? Like little things like that, you the, the, he was phenomenal when you're in your prime. He can get away with it because there's a little bit of speed there. There's a little bit of strength and mobility and the chin still 100% in there. Like you're in your prime. You're filling your oats. As you get older, you've got to make those adjustments on what you can get away with. Yeah. We talked about it with Dom Cruz against Cheeto. This is a tough fight for Dom because of the speed is, is going down just a tiny bit. Not a lot, but it's the drop. Holly Holm, same thing. The speed starts to go and you start getting hit with shots that you didn't used to get hit with. Tony's in that same position. When I fought, Tony is the same age, I think, believe the same age, that when I fought him. Oh. We're going through different different transitions. Like 37, he is 38. At that, yeah, 37. I think I was just turned 38. Or I might have been 37 towards the end. July. I think we fought in July. And... uh my birthday's right around the corner. But he is in that transition. He's right in that spot of 
you know, he's got to make some adjustments. He's got to fine tune and use a little bit more technique to avoid the damage, but still use what he uses to be successful and be fun. Yeah. Cause he, if he's not being creative, he's not fucking Tony Ferguson. That's right. And he's got to be that way. But I agree with you, John. He's got to listen to the coaches. Yeah. Look at what their coaches have done to Aaron Pico. Yep. If you need any fucking. But that's because Aaron Pico was smart enough to just be a sponge. Yeah. Don't, don't go in there like you. Obviously, I don't know. Teach me. Yeah. Aaron Pico, when he was in, in uh, L.A., he would go from gym to gym to gym, bouncing around like GSP did. Yep. But he would go gym to gym to gym and kind of control his own camp. Yep. Now, when he went to, to Greg Jackson's, it's like he's got his set coaches. They are there. He's bonded with them. Boom. They are 100% focused on him and look at the gains that he's made. I think Tony... If you see the transitions that, that uh, Aaron's made in terms of the grappling and the way he's hitting his submissions, I think that Tony just needs to be rejuvenated a little bit like that and then see him get into that fight with Dan Hooker. I I'll take that you. all day long, man. Yep. I'll take that all day long. Yeah. Uh, next thing. All right. Um, next one is Nick Diaz's coach, Cesar Gracie, saying that he wants mm -hmm. to see um, uh, Nick return against Conor McGregor, but he doesn't think that it will happen because Nick won't want to step on Nate's toes. He thinks that that's Nate's fight. So what do you think about A, a potential fight there, and B, you know, should he feel that way as far as stepping on Nate's toes? Uh, I don't think he's stepping on Nate's toes at all because Nate's already basically talked about what he wants. He's going to have this last fight against Chemayev, and he's he's out. He wants to go and do other things. He, I believe, like Josh has said, for forever. I think he wants to have a boxing match with Jake Paul. I think that's kind of sitting there in the wings for him. I think it's a big money maker for him. And if Nick could come back and get a fight against Connor and make good money, then go for it, Nick. If that's what you want to do, just you know, commit yourself to training. And uh, I, I would watch. I would watch Nick against Connor anytime. No, I would as well. I would as well. Um, I, I just don't see that fight ever happening. Coming I don't either. fruition. Uh, that fight's not going to happen. Uh, Nate's not going to be in the UFC after this fight coming nope. up. I think he's he feels slighted also too by what they've been doing to him. I think he's gone. And the Jake Paul fight, I get concerned because Nick's got to be careful. I don't think Jake Paul's going to be around much longer. Just my personal. <laughs> I think. I think. I think when it became, I'm a real boxer. It's not a novelty anymore. Yeah, that's the difference. Not. When you were fighting KSI and you were fighting no, he whoever, didn't fight KSI. His brother fought KSI. Oh, his brother did. Okay, when you're exactly see, I don't even know which one's which. <laughs> when you, when you're when you're fighting, you know, when you're not fighting those the when you're fighting the YouTube guys, it was fun, <clears throat> great, and stuff. it's a novelty. Yeah, when you're when you start trying to say you're gonna fight real boxers, uh, it starts becoming like eh, I'm not I'm not paying seventy dollars to watch you in a main event. Yeah. I'll pay if you're on the card. And you want to put yourself on the Canelo card? I'll, that just adds more to it. You know what I mean? Like, okay, that for sure you're going to get my money. You know, and that that to me is that I would I would go along with that. I wouldn't go. I'm not going along with the fact that you're the main event against. You know, apparently he's supposed to be maybe possibly fighting KSI now because yeah. I saw them going back Coming and forth up. in the yeah. beef. But um, in terms of Nick Diaz. Nick is not stepping on Nate's toes. I want Nick. I want. I would like to see Nick get 100 percent healthy. Apparently, he had two bulging discs in his in his neck uh, for the Robbie Lawler fight. Uh, I don't know if he had surgery, uh, but if he did, John, I don't know if he'd be making a return anytime soon. If he did don't have know. neck surgery, yep. but it's it's a it's an issue, a problem. But 
I want the best for Nick, man. I'm a huge fan. Nick yep. B is a fucking not just a legend in the sport, but just, just a, a great good guy. guy. He's a super nice. Both of them are. Both Nick and Nate are good people. Yep. So, uh, next. All right. Um, so this one has been uh, getting a little bit of attention. Uh, even Nate Diaz has come out and made a comment on it. And Josh, you'd sent this over to me. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, my thing is my feed's refreshing right now. Um, but supposedly, so Mike Tyson puts out a tweet and he writes, um, Hulu tried to desperately pay my brother Dana White millions without offering me a dollar to promote their slave master takeover story about my life he turned it down because he honors his friendship and treating people with dignity i'll never forget what he did for me just like and it would he would just like um, just like i'll never forget what hulu yep. stole from me yeah there you go mm. yeah you know first off dana's got enough money he doesn't need hulu's money okay <laughs> but this is what i don't give a shit you don't unauthorized that's the words, unauthorized autobiography, unauthorized biography, whatever they were going to put. They're going and trying to make money off of Mike Tyson's name without giving Mike Tyson any money. Bullshit. You're trying to make something off of the guy without giving him anything. You're, you're being douchey. And I love the fact that Dana did exactly what he should do as a, as a friend, as someone is out there saying, no, I'm not taking your money. Get the fuck away from me. Way to go. That's the way everyone should do it. Yeah, I, we've ran into this with the NC2As. We've ran into this with, if you look at, remember that meme with the with the big black guy with the big dick? They get everyone shared oh, yeah. around forever during yeah. COVID. I mean, he's, that guy passed away, but he's, apparently he's got a kid with his uh, ex-fiance. But like, these are things that people should, even if it's a fraction, 1%, they should be making money off of everything that's ever been done with their image. Yeah. I don't care. It, like, you can't copy. What story you do you have without him? It, yeah, exactly. He he needs to. He, I don't care if it's 1%, 5%. He should be getting paid no matter what if you're using. And when he passes, if you're going to write a story about Mike Tyson, you should be paying him 1%. If there's profit coming in. Now, if you want to give the documentary away for free, you know, and Netflix isn't paying you or who's not paying you or whoever is not paying you then whatever. I, obviously, you have no say. But you're getting backdoor dealings or something. But if yeah. you're going to be on Hulu, they're paying you for it. Mike Tyson deserves a percentage of that. Yep. I don't know how much. I'm not going to sit here and say, I'm not gonna sit up here and say how much. He deserves a percentage of that. No different than how college football players should have got... They, they've fucked up college football by doing what they're doing with these NIA deals. But they need to start fucking... They should have just given them a percentage of their of their jersey sales and like that. Yes. They didn't want to do that, and now they fucked up college football. So it's it's the same thing with this guy with the with the big old dick, right? They, they should... They, all the stuff... We need to stop talking about the guy with the big old... No, he's awesome, man. He's awesome. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing, this guy. He's <laughs> it's amazing. I'm surprised his his ex-fiance didn't even realize I know. that people were making made a meme about him. And so uh, she found out through some mutual friends that it basically said, hey, they're, they're using his likeness. And then anyways, but I think if someone is using your image, John, you should be entitled. And if you're not here anymore, you sh- your family or your son or your kids or your wife or somebody should be entitled to that as well, unless you have no um, existing family members. Yeah. But you should be they sh- you should be entitled to a small percentage. Yep. For the rest of however long. And it shouldn't trickle down past that. It should just be that, you know, for your kids or your wife. All right. Uh All right. I look at I look at I look at Mike Tyson coming out, defending Dana, Dana doing the right thing, but like you said, Dana doesn't need the money. 
is what it is. Yeah. All right. So that is it for the Weighing In Podcast. We will be back Sunday with a new show talking about all the fights that took place. Go to our website and pick out some swag. We've got incredible shirts. Josh just yet the last time was wearing the hindsight is 50-50 because only Josh understands what that means. I love our and still shirt, and we've got the new five-round main event for our short channel. Pick out some swag. Send us a picture. Show us what you're wearing, and we will retweet that, putting that back out on our social media for you. Josh, how you feeling? I am all done. You get to sign off. Well, guys, I want to thank you guys so much. Oh, no. Like John, like John would say, no, no. kind, do Uh-oh. something kind to somebody, and we will. <laughs> no, Josh, I guess Josh is not signing off. Because, He's not uh, signing off, so I'm going to do uh, it for everyone out there. Thanks for tuning in. This has been the best we've ever heard, Josh Thompson. We will see you. <laughs>